1: tithing predates the law of Moses. That means that tithing was not introduced by the law of Moses and therefore not neutralized by the fact that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and provided us grace that relieves us punishment from being under the law.
0: Well, today we continue our survey of 1 Corinthians here on study verse by verse as pastor Leighton Sheely moves us into a section that deals with rewards and curses what takes place when we obey god when we disobey god and what are the consequences well that's the focus today we invite you to spend time with us again 1 Corinthians chapter 3 rewards and curses here's pastor Layton Shealy with today's broadcast of study Verse by verse. Now we were together last week. We were talking about things that we can
1: do that God rewards, and He loves to reward us. He's looking for the smallest thing that He can, He can, they can give Him a reason for rewarding us, including giving someone a cup of water in His name. Remember that. So I ask you, if we give somebody a cup of water in the name of Jesus, what do we get? We get a reward, right? That's what the word says. That's what God's word says. If we choose not to give somebody a cup of water what do we get? Nothing, right? When it comes to tithing, if we choose to tithe, what do we get? A reward. If we choose not to tithe, what do we get? Nothing. A curse. Not nothing, a curse. So you see, it's not in the same category, and we don't want to live under God's curse. We want to know what God has to say about this so we don't live under God's curse. It's not in the same category. Tithing has a profound effect on our relationship with God. And so we want to know what the Bible has to say about tithing. Now, some of us have been told all kinds of things over the years about tithing. Some of us have been told that it's only mentioned in the Old Testament. It's not mentioned in the New Testament. There's no record of it being part of the New Testament church's practice. Others have been told that it was inaugurated with the law of Moses, and since we are under grace and not the law, it doesn't apply to Christians, and so on and so forth. You've heard all kinds of arguments. So let's look at those arguments in light of Scripture today and see what Scripture has to say. Let's begin with a bit focusing on the second argument, that tithing was related to the law of Moses, that, that uh, Christians are don't need to tithe because we're not under the law, we're under grace, and, and let's take a look at that. So I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles. I told you we are going to do some uh, Bible study today in terms of looking at the Bible. I want you to inv- turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. We're looking at chapter 4. Um, and this, it, why are we looking here? Well, tithing is only one of many forms of bringing an offering to the Lord. And so we want to begin by looking at when and where the practice of bringing an offering to the Lord was inaugurated. Where did it originate? And so we're in chapter 4. Chapters 1 and 2 talk about creation, how God created the earth and the universe. Chapter 3 describes the fall of man when Adam and Eve chose to sin against God. Chapter 4 describes the first family. And as the Bible can do, it condenses a whole life span into a couple of verses. Verse 1 talks about the birth of Cain. Verse 2, the birth of Abel. We're on verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So the question is answered, bringing offerings to the Lord began immediately after the fall of mankind. There's no record of it happening before the fall of mankind, but it happened within three verses, if you will. The next chapter if you will, after the fall of mankind. And if you were to continue to read this sad story, you would find out that the first murder in human history was over a religious difference between Cain and Abel. And people today still continue to kill each other over religious differences. The story also tells us that some offerings are acceptable to the Lord and others are not. Now, biblical scholars have studied this passage and they've suggested some reasons why Abel's offering was acceptable and Cain's was not. Uh, it says that Cain brought an offering of fruit, but Abel brought his firstborn, the first fruits, and their fat portions, which means the best of the best of his flock. And so the suggestion is that Abel brought his very best, whereas Cain just brought an offering, and that made Abel's acceptable and Cain's not. Others have suggested that the reason that Cain's offering was not accepted was it didn't involve the shedding of blood. However, not all of the offerings to the Lord, even those that are prescribed in the law of Moses, require the shedding of blood. So offerings to the Lord began immediately after the fall of mankind. There's no record of an offering being brought to the Lord before sin entered the world. Tithing is a form of bringing an offering. It's one of the many forms. So where and when did tithing originate? And the answer to that is found in Genesis chapter 14. So if you turn your Bibles, it's just a few pages over. Genesis 14. And we find out that the tithe is, is connected with Abraham. Now, in order to understand and appreciate the implications of what we're about to study here in Scripture, let me provide a historical setting. God revealed himself to Abraham, who became the father of faith. Now, Abraham was the father of Isaac, who was the father of Jacob, who was the father of Joseph, and his ten older brothers that sold him into slavery. Joseph ended up in Egypt, and from prison he became, he was elevated to second in command of Egypt under Pharaoh to help the nation of Egypt get through that famine. Well, the famine also affected his family, and his family came to Egypt for food. And Joseph invited his family to move to Egypt, and so they moved to Egypt. And the family was in Egypt for four hundred years, and the family grew. In fact, by the time they left, they had grown to two to three million people in that period of time. Well, what happened is, is at the start of Exodus, we find that a new pharaoh after four hundred years, a new pharaoh came to power, and he didn't know about Joseph, and he didn't like the Hebrews, and so he enslaved the Hebrews. He He intended to destroy the Hebrews. The Hebrews called out to God for help, and in the course of time, God sent Moses. And Moses was the one who led the Hebrews out of the land of slavery of Egypt, right to the border of the land of promise. And it was through Moses that God gave the law. Moses lived over 400 years after Abraham. And that's the significance, and that's what makes this passage of great interest to us. You see, there was a war, and Abraham's nephew, his name was Lot, was taken prisoner along with his family and all of his possessions. And so Abraham came to his rescue with a small little army of only 318 men. He pursued the invaders, and he defeated them, and he recovered all of the goods taken and the family members. And, and so we're going to pick up the narration now in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth, a tithe of everything. So the first mention of tithing in the Bible came more than 400 years before the law of Moses. Tithing predates the law of Moses. That means that tithing was not introduced by the law of Moses, and therefore not neutralized by the fact that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and provided us grace that relieves us punishment from being under the law. Now, Melchizedek is an exceptional and interesting character from Scripture. You see, in the Bible, a person might be selected to be a king, or they might be selected to be a priest, but not both. But here in Scripture, Melchizedek is clearly described as being both priest and king. And in chapter 7 of the New Testament book of Hebrews, he is described as being a type or a figure of Christ, because Christ is both priest and king. Christ is our high priest before God, and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, did you notice what Melchizedek brought out to greet Abram, who was later renamed Abraham? He brought out bread and wine. Now, does that phrase, bread and wine, connect with you? Isn't it bread and wine that we use in the celebration of communion? And so the king of Salem... That word means peace. That city was later renamed Jerusalem. The king of Salem, who was the high priest of God, most high, had communion with Abraham. And he blessed Abraham and he preached a sermon. We've got the main point of the sermon here. That Abram's victory was because the hand of God had handed the enemies to him. And then after the communion and after the sermon, an offering was given To God through the priest of God. And that offering was the first tithe. Now, Abraham's tithe, we read this scripture, it was given gratefully, it was given voluntarily, and it was given systematically. First off, Abraham was grateful for the victory that God had given him and his small army over the enemy. And second, Abraham did this voluntarily. You see, the law of Moses had not been yet had not yet been written, and so there was no requirements to give a tithe, and there was no written promise that there would be a reward if you gave a tithe. Abraham just chose to give a tithe. And thirdly, the offering was given systematically, because it wasn't just an offering, it was a tithe. Now when we give our tithes, it's rather Simple for us because we tend to measure everything in terms of finances. Finances come in, we give 10% of the gain, so that's, you know, we take out our calculators, we take whatever the gain is, and we multiply it by 0.1 or something like that. Um, that was not the case for Abraham. He was coming back with the spoils of war. And what does that involve? Well, that means he was going through and he was identifying items and categorizing items and giving a tenth of each item. So, for instance, if they had had a whole bunch of fleeces, he would go through and he would take one tenth of those fleeces. If there was a lot of yards of beautiful material that they had found, then he would measure off one tenth of the yards of beautiful material. If there was golden chalices and things that had been uh, one as part of the spoils, then he would take one tenth of, of that and, and so on and so forth. So in other words, it took time and it took effort for Abraham to give of this tithe, but he had to be very, he chose to be very systematic in the way that he did it. So the tithe was initiated long before the law, meaning that tithing did not come in with Moses and did not go out when the law was fulfilled by Jesus Christ.
0: Well, we've heard the arguments before, haven't we? Well, I'm I'm a Gentile. I'm not under the law, so I don't have to tithe. It's just offerings. But you see, that tithing took place before the law was instituted. There's a lot to consider here as we continue moving through 1 Corinthians, especially as it relates to tithing. You've been listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely. If you'd like to reach out to us, we invite you to stop by our website. You'll find all the information you need right there, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then come back tomorrow and join us again for another Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely.